Welcome back to the King of the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hi, this is Jay Cookie coming live from Chicago, Illinois, Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois, if you will. Live from my basement, also known as the uh, Keen the Lake International Recording Studio, 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 Studios. <laughs> and before I mention that person laughing on mic, um, <laughs> I'm going to go a little off script to go on script. Oh my. Yeah. About uh, our our guest, our co-host, oh. our, our, uh, our, uh, our dearest, dearest. Oh, you're um, going to make me cry. It's like reading wedding vows, pretty oh, much, which is where shit. I'm going on this one. Shit. More than four years ago, while working at Cobalt Distillery, I began following a documentary called Neat. Many of you know the, docu- the captivating film that explained in detail the history of our native spirit, bourbon. The documentary was a proxy for sharing a dram of whiskey with friends and loved ones by how the characters, the real-life individuals, explain their bond to bourbon and to whiskey in general. Personally, Eddie Johnson's story of sharing a, bottle, a special bottle of Pappy with his brother and his father in a late evening finishing the bottle in one setting, honoring his father before he passed away, made me, really provoked me, into going into my grandfather's story and history at Jim Beam Distillery. More importantly, um, it made me want to hold on to a special bottle of his own, which was a Booker's 2004 that Fred No gifted him on his retirement. I plan for that bottle to be the last sip of the golden ticket to permanent retirement that he has in his next life. It provoked me to find his story, to find my story together. For others, stories that were in the documentary, like Marianne Ease, telling the story of building the foundation of Castle and Key at the old Taylor Distillery, it inspired so many people to invest into smaller distilleries, like-minded to Castle and Key, to what they were doing using the grounds of history and the new grounds, the fertile seed of Kentucky to create, in my opinion, a really great distillery. That provoked the person sitting with me today to reach out to that distillery more than four years ago. <laughs> He's a former coworker at the time at Cobalt Distillery. He was a good friend, now a great friend. He is a co-host of this podcast and my brother. Ugh. Wilson Torres, the uh, floor is yours. <laughs> hey, young world. I knew it. I knew you were going to do this to me, so let me, <laughs> let me take a moment. Well, good thing you were late to lunch, so I could write that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me go on um, for you, speak for you for a second. Uh, so Wilson and I obviously started this podcast a few years ago. Before that, we worked at Koval. Yeah. Um, he left there to find his own path at Union Horse Distilling Co., where he spent almost, what, three and a half years there, yeah. um, building its foundation here in Chicago and building the legs of a craft distillery to be on the shelves all across Chicago land. Yeah. Uh, did a marvelous job at doing that, but always in the background was Castle and Key. You reached out to them, or yeah. they reached out to you. I'm not really sure yeah. what you tell the story. <laughs> Many years ago, while we were still working in the same office, yeah, and... Now it's kind of almost come to fruition for you to represent them here in Chicago, your home city, but also a distillery that's making its mark in um, in this great city, and you kind of get to lead the path. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Cass, I, I got whiff of them um, when you told me about that very documentary you made mention. 
and um, I I dug deeper before Hat. I just didn't reach out and say, "Hey, my name is Wilson. I want a job." It was more about learning more about it. So I reached out just using their info page. On their, <laughs> <laughs> it was right. <laughs> it was just more like you know you put your name and your ad your email address, your phone number, and then like in the comment section. I didn't go crazy. I was just like. I pretty much was like, my name is Wilson Torres. I'm from Chicago, and I'm the key to the city, kind of in a sense. <laughs> I mean, I was just being, I was just being, kind of direct, but at the same time trying to be funny. Um, but funny things happen, and um, John Newton at the time reached out to me. Uh, John Newton is their director of sales. Um, he came from RNDC, and he reached out and. Uh, we got to talking. He's just like, what are you looking to do? I'm like, I'm looking to be a part of what you're doing, what you're mm. building. Um, um, I just, I feel that I can learn from it. Um, I've learned a lot while we were at Cobal, you know. Um, and at that time, I was just like, man, this is just something. When you watch the movie, you just get so, I mean, anyone who watches the movie has, may have watched it over anywhere between five to ten times. Maybe there are some people out there that have watched it a hundred, but it's just one of those things where you're just like, amazing mm -hmm. how they can revive the very hallowed grounds that they're on and make it their own. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's weird. Um, yeah. But mystical. and, and, and It and, was. And especially the way the film kind of came about where it's yeah. just the guys that wanted to make this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they happen to chance come across this. It's just like, wow. Right. At that time, Marian Aves, obviously Marian Barnes now, you know, was the first female master distiller and, in you Kentucky. know, in Kentucky. And, you know, that moves on. And then they're, I mean, just the whole story in general. And, you know, and when talking with John Newton, shout out to John, Sir Newton, as we call shout him. Shout John. Yeah. We, um, we started a dialogue. It, first, it started on email. And then one email, he's just like, hey, I'd like to call you. Can I call you? And he called, and obviously, and then we talked over the phone. Then from there, it would just be kind of like one of those things, you know, what you do when, when you network. You know, you just, every two to three months, you, sh hey, how you doing? Just checking in. Hi, mm -hmm. what's up? That went on for four years three years maybe four years now who's to say anyways the um came out in 2018 but like okay. i was telling <clears throat> you guys about that i think at least 2017 2017 yeah because i was writing the internal newsletter for, for our uh yeah for Koval at the time and i was kind of like hint about like neat is coming mm -hmm. <laughs> coming soon it's kind of a it has become an inside running joke yeah through our newsletter but it was it's definitely had an eternal mm -hmm. um, effect on this industry because yeah. I was actually just talking to my boss, to Dave, the founder of Star Wars, last week about it. He's like, I've wanted to do that story, and then I saw it, and I'm like, well, it's done. Yeah. Someone did it. Someone now, the other one's done it with Australian whiskey. Right. But but they did it. It's down to, and I think the Water of Life film has really captivated um, yeah. an audience and captured the essence of Scotch through their film as well. Oh, that that's one that I've yet to watch earlier this year, but I can imagine that if it had, it will have the same effect, if mm -hmm. not on one person such as myself that neat did or had, I should say in the story of behind castle and key and the inception of it, that I'm sure someone will be affected the same way. But, yeah. um, I mean, but that was really <clears throat> a true catalyst for you to yeah. start 
to end up working for them. Years yeah. Later. Well, it was more about working harder. Mm. I'm like, well, if I want to get to that level, because they were taking on a huge, huge project to revive, revitalize that land and, and you, and like bring back this, that story, like bring to surface the true story behind old Taylor's distillery and what it was before it was old, old Taylor's distillery and then what it is today and how it became about. So it was, and my time talking with reaching out to John and talking with Brett, who's part of their, you know, team there down in, uh, down in, um, Frankfurt or Mills, Millsap. I don't, can't remember. <laughs> There's so many little towns. I mean, just in that area, I should say it's rural it's, Kentucky. Yeah, rural Kentucky for sure. Um, yeah, it just. I, I, but what really intrigued me was the entrepreneurial mm. um, vision with architecture, and then the influence of the very history that it once held. I mean, Colonel Taylor had a vision of what these, and we talked about this earlier what what the big six in Kentucky and other distilleries throughout the country are spending billions on. And that's establishing their distilleries as a destination, the one stop for all. You know, come here for the day. No need to come here and then go try to hit up two more distilleries within the same day. Come here for, like, the day. And Colonel Taylor had that very, very vision uh, way back in 1887, you know, so... You know, the man was a meticulous man. He was first class all the way. He was gained, you know, uh, uh, inspiration from European experiences, the architecture from Europe, from Europe, and then, of course, you know, brought it over, to, you know, across the pond and, and established it and, and, you know, what is now Old Taylor, you know. Um, but what really, and then along with that, just to be part of something of that nature, to be true foundation, of a brand mind you this brand's not even five years old yet mm-hmm. and it's made tremendous strides um and i think we know of their strides through via other brands not necessarily their own shout out know. to pinhook yeah <laughs> shout out to pinhook shout out to we'll get that mention in there right off the bat <laughs> yeah you know shout Contract out you know, obliged. yeah shout out to a couple other places out there that yeah. that do business with castle and key and, and and it's just but you know i feel the castle and key the brand has taken you know uh, i don't know if this is the proper way to express this but it's like not a backseat but it's like yeah you know these other brands yeah we do business with them we help them mm-hmm. you know and now it's our turn now mm-hmm. we're coming uh, so last year, uh, they released the first uh, several batches of their rye, uh, their season, their staple gin, staple vodka, and then now the seasonal gins that are offered s- spring and and fall. But and and then my con- you know and then I got to the point where I was so intrigued by that I took a trip uh, down to uh, Kentucky uh, to visit and meet John and Brett and some of the other members of. Castling key because I just knew I needed to see it. You know, I was mm-hmm. spent time reading about it, spent time thinking about it, <laughs> spent time dreaming about it. I was like, I gotta see it. What if this is just not me? You know, it's all a facade. Yeah, you know, if it was just you know an oasis. You know, yeah. but I went and uh, John was gracious enough to play host and you know and I was there for two days. The first full day, I was spent with him and Brett just um, on the grounds and saw everything and and 
just witnessed everything and just took everything in. I don't think I, I didn't take a single picture of that whole trip because <laughs> I was just absorbing it in my mind anyways, but it's, it was awesome. And then the second time I went down there was to do recon because while representing Union Horse in the Chicago market, I was coming across this other little brand that was like, come on, you know, that was beating me to the punch, you know, seven, eight times out of 10. And I was getting really mad about it because I'm competitive and I come to find that my just my very own distributor, at th- our distributor at the time, was the very same distributor that Punuk was using. And it was like, oh, you got to be shitting me. You know, what is this? So it was I went, a horse race. <laughs> yeah. So I went back down again. Pun intended. To, you know, it's just like, all right, who is this guy? Who is this Sean Josephs? And what is this brand? Yeah, who and is that guy? Who is that guy? What is this all about? He's so. been down in my basement a few times, but <laughs> yeah. I still don't know if I know who that guy yeah. is. Shout out to Sean and Alice and all that crew up there that you know another great group of people you know and um yeah so then i'm like okay but then i i really dug deeper and i'm like but there's more this there's just something that this group of 90 employees you know have something going that's just going to really pop off soon enough and within time it was just a matter of time that you know you know john knew where i stood and he called me call it three weeks ago and he's just like he calls me doc torres he goes hey you ready i'm like i'm ready he's just like all right we're gonna we're gonna start the the process of finding you know the that person so we'd like you to be a part of that that pool i'm like awesome that alone made me happy right you know so did that and here we are today um just got back actually i spent the whole week down there last week they um just it's been first class since mm. from the get and uh so yeah here we are today and i brought some goodies for us to try you know you did um but what was it from that film that really kind of captivated your attention to reach out to them it was the grounds um yeah to take something in that was literally purposefully shut down you know uh, yeah. it, it had changed hands several times over and the some half some of the times it was just so that nothing was being produced out of there mm-hmm. for brands and then the other time was just for to strip it of its architectural gem and, and or for its you know uh details where people can put up oh this beam came out of a Rick house and now it's holding up half your house, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like it's a cantilever, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, and then it, uh, then literally was just one day was just like, let go. I was like, we're done, you know, and shut it down, you know, it's just, and then 10 years later it took, you know, Will, uh, the, you know, who owns Castle and Key just got whiff of it and he went and visited he put on a hard hat got a flashlight in his hand and he started looking around and what was just over vegetated and <laughs> decrepit and falling he could have gotten hurt he could have gotten killed was he by himself by himself he went and looked at it because the realtor literally as he says he goes gave me the flashlight headlines like hey head um hard hat it's like hey good luck yeah, because I remember the old Taylor distillery oh. before I heard of Castle and Key was like on like like these abandoned ghost not tours but destinations like where you oh, get like okay. photographers oh shit I didn't know that I would have never gone there I'm like, yeah <laughs> yeah like not, not ghosts but like just like these abandoned old abandoned uh, distilleries yeah it's just a cool place kind of like what happened with downtown Detroit unfortunately mm-hmm. with all the manufacturing that was uh, yes um, was you know 
very influenced by abandoned. manufacturing. It was van abandoned by with you know the bubble that burst yeah. and just you know the economy. Same difference here. I mean, Colonel Taylor had it until pro you know prohibition and. And then after that, that's when it started changing hands because he was 90 at the time. Right. So, you know, it just it I mean, changed just, hands. Not only was he about destination, but he was so influential about the modernization of yes. the too. Yes. He was very, he was just very about the smallest things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I think, and also another point, I'm happy you said that, Jake, because one, <laughs> one of the other things that really captured me and the grounds and i say because i'm as you know i love chicago it's, it's home and it's okay i'm a chicago kid and it's the architecture here and the great um daniel barnum mm-hmm. uh, burnham i should say you know who designed or you know what chicago is today you know grid wise and how it looks and things that are still in place you know to keep us you know a nice green and tree loving city and so on and so forth you know in parks and recreation areas um the lake, so on and so forth. I just I felt that Daniel's and Colonel Taylor's vision kind of, you know, flowed into one another's because they were mm. just, you know, I love just, it, I love, I love all that. I'm one of nature. I love just being about it. I'm like mm-hmm. being amongst it. And, and they were big on that. And they, they felt that was the perfect setting to drink whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think too when it goes back to us starting officially in the distilling world for our professions, the it wasn't about where we were, it wasn't about resting upon where we were right there in that moment and where we're going to the future. We always looked back to the past for inspiration and for reasoning yeah. why we were at the moment we are currently at. Yes, and this distillery one hundred percent represents that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at least for me, it does. Um, and on that, those levels we just talked about, and, right? And just plus, the, I mean, it's a natural fit for advertising. <laughs> Castle and Key in the Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize that the last night. Yeah, I was actually I was thinking about it. I was like, do I start an Instagram handle that's just strictly Key in the Lake in the city? You know, or I was just like, no, you know what? I think it's perfect because you know we're. Do they know you do this with you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. It never came up in an interview or anything of that nature. You know, we're still beneath the radar. We were supposed to. We we had to uh, submit a brag book, if you will, and it was just like some highlights of your okay. career and things like. And um, and I made a, a mere mention of like you know social media being something mm-hmm. that we've all really jumped on board on within the last couple of years and so on and so forth for obvious reasons. You know, podcast appearances are YouTube appearances. Are, right. I mean, appearances kind of, kind of sounds a little cocky, but, you know, it's just I have participation. Of so yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, I just feel that, I don't know, it's just, it really touched on all of my five senses plus mm-hmm. everything that I loved growing up, which was architecture, which was, you know, nature, which was the, the uh, entrepreneur. It was, it's so entrepreneurial and it's challenging and they're challenging the very thing that came out of Kentucky and that's the production of spirits like how it's produced and how it's presented to the world yeah let's begin there so he's in he's in the distillery with a flashlight and a hard hat yeah why is he in there because he wanted to see what was there it's like what else is there what did they leave behind what what is here that I can make something and he was with R&DC before this no that's John Stewart that's John John Stewart sorry John uh, John Stewart's on uh, sorry Comedy Central this is John Newton my boss shout out to John Newton sorry (laughs) no this was Will Um, 
the owner of Castle and Key, uh, he was just like, this is great. This is exactly what I want to do. So he wanted to take this upon us. He, so once he got off the grounds, he called the real estate agent. It's like, let's talk. So yeah. what was whiskey for him? Uh, whiskey for him was just something he wanted to get into. He's just like, I really want to get into this, you know, but I didn't just want to build something mm-hmm. because everyone was building something fresh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> everything is, everyone is building something new and shiny mm-hmm. and vast and attractive and aesthetically pleasing and just everything. Whereas he goes, but what if I did that where one great one started, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and he happened to come across this land. So that, he's just like, this is it. Um, coincidence with purpose. I think purpose for sure. And co- coincidentally came out. I think that that was probably second because he was just like, this is it. <clears throat> so he tapped, you know, uh, the shoulder of one of his best friends, one of his good friends. He, hey man, I got this idea. And Hey, there they go. They, ins- they, ins- you know, Started Castling Key. What year was that? Uh, 2016. Oh, so I... 2016, 2017. Jesus. Around there. So it must have been at least 2016 because yeah. the film was... I think that film was filmed in like 2017. Yeah, and they already had whiskey laid down. Well, they were just... And they were still in the process of... So what's really, really amazing when you're on these grounds, and if you ever are, take a tour. Um, it's not a very in-depth tour because there's several of them, but... It gives you the gist of the history of what it was and where it's going. Right. Um, but when it comes to the modernization of the distillery, they kept a lot of things that were left behind since the 1930s. Wow. <clears throat> and they were able to use, they t- you know, tapped Vendome to say, hey, we need to replace this, this, and this. And then they incorporated some technology, not a lot. Right. You know, just enough so that they can keep an eye on the old while it was you know, <laughs> right. in the hands of technology. So the incorporating of technology to marry the two uh, methods of, of, dis- of uh, manufacturing, which is old school hands and levers, and then obviously automation that a lot of people use this day, you know, and a lot of larger distillers that produce a lot of gallons a day. It's had a, tap of a button or click of a switch, of a, you know, flip of a switch. This was just amazing because you walk in and you see the new and the old, mm. but they marry quite well, you know, and it's just like romantic, you know, to see it into it works. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they're going to have their tough days, you know, um, but it's just amazing. They reused everything on that land. Um, mm. When you walk the lands, as I, as I shared with you earlier and have before, it's it's, it's as if you're walking on hollow ground, mm-hmm. you're walking on sacred ground, um, you're walking on de- decrepit <laughs> and just yeah. buildings that are literally on their last mm-hmm. still, but yet it's beautiful because the ruins, you know, it's like you go back, you know how people go to Rome, they go to the Mayan ruins and so on and so forth. And it's like, it's, there's something still beautiful. Oh about yeah. That. There's so much history in that foundation. Yeah. So that alone, you, that's on the, those are those things, those, those told complete opposites are on the grounds all around you. Oh yeah. And such a moment in time, yeah. moments in time and eras in time when America was prevailing, prevailing, boosting economy, upon liquor but no one wanted to admit it at the time mm-hmm. um so we 
instituted prohibition and instituted sales tax and then it shows a whole new side of america when yeah. that manufacturing was lost and that's kind of was partially the beginning of when manufacturing started to move out of america and into yeah. other places and we started to rely on it not necessarily directly but it was mm -hmm. a long direct cause yeah um you know an adjacent cause if you will from what happened in the 1920s and the 1930s to where we are present day yeah it's amazing how you know to your point america we were a country that made shit yeah made everything <clears throat> it wasn't a matter of you know how we made shit it was a matter of what we made right and then you go to the 1940s where it was like what do you need made for the work exactly what do you need yeah you know not about can we do this like no, no. what do you what need? do you need yeah we will do it we'll do it yeah yeah that attitude um i feel has revived on these very grounds um and they do it uh, with pride they do it with convention um, they do it with the belief that they are yeah they're making something traditional traditionally mm -hmm. um, but they are also challenging that very you know uh, history of it you know it's like you don't need to make bourbon that way you can yep. make bourbon this way or rye this way I mean I'm not saying they're the only ones but as a craft distillery that's what that's the beauty of it you yeah. know you can naturally challenge that, you know, challenge the traditions and whatnot. We're just introducing it to the world differently. <clears throat> so from a will first seeing the site mm -hmm. by himself, how long was it before the distillery was operational? Uh, it took, I, I believe, a year, almost two, oh. because they had to really get into, they brought over Vendome and they brought in some engineers and so on and so forth. And, and they and the team the small little team they had in place already they needed they just needed to know what was good what was bad right first of all they needed to put a roof over everything <laughs> so <laughs> so they had to make sure that um, mother nature eat the yeah roof. mother nature in time really did its you know took its course on the on the premises um especially in a distillery um and in the warehouse some of the warehouses some of them had to just be knocked down completely um but then, um, yeah, they just needed to know, okay, what's working and what's not working, and let's get those things working. And that takes time and money, of course. So once they had functional equipment, then they started laying down juice, and I believe that was in 2017, okay. 2018, around there, you know. And, yeah, so now we've got three-and-a-half to almost five-year-old um, – whiskey that is coming out now we make we make gins as well in fact uh, the first batches of gin or the protesto or you know the very botanicals used were growing on site um and then the gin took off and like yeah we can't keep up with that so now <laughs> they source the actual botanicals uh from a broker and whatnot to make the gin the gin we have a everyday core gin which is called um roots of ruin um because it was in the very one of the very one of the warehouses that completely collapsed that very ground they used to uh, grow the botanicals mm. um, now and then they offer a seasonal gin so every spring and fall a gin will be a varietal will be um, introduced the rise come in batches twice a year two batches per so it's a spring release and a fall release um, what's considered a batch a batch I want to say it's anywhere between 100 to 180 barrels huh. is a batch um, they do the classic pod system, you know, or lot system, I should say, 
you know, so they'll, they'll go about it that way. Um, what I really, really love is that they allow the barrels to talk. So and mm. when I mean, what I mean by that is that this is, it's always going to vary in proof. So it kind of builds in that like excitement or, you know, uh, of like, oh, I can't wait till what batch two is going to be like, what three and four and five and so on and so forth is going to be like, you know, per year. Um, and then uh, come next year, then the single barrel program should be pretty much mm. solidified mm. and then we'll start offering that. Maybe hopefully. we can do a little teaser on the 12 days of barrel picks this Maybe. year. Maybe. Maybe we'll be able to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had the privy to, start to touch those, base on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should. <laughs> that last year was brutal, man. Oof. That was brutal. It's very, but yeah, it's, it's very basement saw some things. Oh my God. It's crazy. That's probably the longest day of my life. Um, <laughs> it felt that way, at least the next day. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's been spending the week there and really getting immersed into everything was just overwhelming emotionally because you're just like, shit, I'm here, you know, but I was so busy. And so, you know, and, and then at, in the evening when I'd get back, you know, Sheila and I would go out to dinner and it's just like, how was your day? I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm still kind of like in it, you know? So, you know, but it was, it was cool, man. It was, it was really cool to get, you know, every day was a different part and per- different aspect of the, of the operations. Um, we got dirty, we got sweaty, you know, we, you know, learned some stuff. We had, you know, a couple fire, not firefighters, but you know, you put out a fire mm-hmm. here, here or there too, mm-hmm. but not literally a fire. Done. But it was, um, yeah, it was really cool. Everything was just real time and hands-on, which is personally, I feel I learn best that yeah. way. No slides, no packets, you know, just come in and get your hands. Or I always your wonder about that. Even like nowadays, someone gives me a slideshow to look at. Like, yeah. Do you think I look at this? <laughs> like, no, I have the bottles. <laughs> I have access yeah. to our distilling team. Right. I have access to our founder. Mm-hmm. I don't need a slideshow. Yeah. Give me, like, I mean, obviously I can't just like travel five hours down south to my distillery right. on any given weekend. Right. But, and I would <laughs> love to go across the world more to our distillery. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I, I know this brand. Yeah. Like you don't have to tell me on a, in a packet. Mm. You don't have to tell me in a slideshow. No, but I, what I do appreciate from the slideshow, and I agree with you, I, I mean, I looked at it because, mind you, this was something that I've been waiting on for quite some time now, and it's and it's happened to me. So I'm going to do right by it. But, yeah, yeah. But it's I I feel it's not so much what the packets contain or the slide return. It's finding your voice to match mm. that story. Right. And that's what I'm in the midst of. And I think we're understating. You know? I, I don't know how we really even explain, to be honest with yeah. you, your relationship with this brand. Yeah. While you've gone through two other brands working for them, yeah, and the background, <laughs> Ke- Castle and Keith, like, yeah, uh, has also, has always been there. I yeah. mean, I, I I thought when you told me you were leaving Cobalt, I was like, oh, Castle and Keith finally opening up in Chicago. And yeah. It hadn't been that long yeah. since that conversation was breached with them. But like, oh no, I'm going this other. I'm like, well, about Castle and Keith, like, yeah, they had, they're going to take some time. It's going to take a little bit of momentum to get here. Not saying you're putting off 
you know, just going to Union Horse to pass the time no. until you got no. out here because obviously you're in love with that brand. Yeah. But you can all go break your balls now of everything you uh, Wilson <laughs> helped you procure. Um, break that swarm real fast. <laughs> Drink it. Mikey, just throw it down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt he'll draw that. Uh, but no, it's, 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 it's been interesting watching you yeah. with this brand in the background, uh, always kind of being there and waiting yeah. for it. And, you know, like as Chris Blantner, as he's taken on a relationship with these guys and with Sean Joseph over the last couple of years, I'm just thinking yeah. like, you know, like Wilson and I have been sitting here following this brand for a very long time. Very well. I never, I obviously didn't have the relationship you did, but I had that emotional connection to them right yeah. away through that documentary. Yeah, that was, and that's the thing. It was more about, it, to be clear, you're right. I, I, I need to address the what you said about universe it wasn't just a stopover Mm-mm. this was a family that wanted to come into slow the and low was a stopover for me yeah you know <laughs> well yeah but that was cool it was a stopover that was really cool that was like though. hey i have to leave cabal now or, yeah. or i'm gonna lose my mind it's possible yeah that you would have yeah. but i think the fact that you did that i think it incorporated a lot of who you were who you are i should say and what skill level and skill set you have that really they took advantage of, and that's driving, what I really driving vans. Well, no, being creepy just the documenting, in a van. the documenting of it all. Yeah, you know, and then you know asking perfect strangers to come into the back of your van. That was kind of funny. Hey, but. ladies, <laughs> get over here. You guys want some cookies? <laughs> and that was that was a funny part. But I feel that the way I'm looking at it, it's like you know it's. Union Horse was a family that was needing help establishing themselves in the city. And it was a matter of just finding the right person to do that. And, you know, um, and I took it on because I, I just as I dug the cat, digged and loved the Castle and Key story and it was romanticized by it, I really liked the fact that this family, second generation Mexican American family, that. You'd be Mexican. You know. <laughs> That was about to come out. Um, Wilson's Puerto Rican for all you haters out there. <laughs> you know, they were just, hey, we want to get into this. Yeah. We just need that that help. And and our distributor, you know, so on and so forth. We're like, great. It's that, it's, and that's the thing. It's like, I want to help. Yeah. So in the background with Castle and Key, it wasn't necessarily that they were like, they were picking, yeah, d- did we have conversations here and there? Yeah, but it wasn't like anything non it was nothing that would have gone against my non-disclosure or anything like mm-hmm. that or mm-hmm. or anything. It was more about just having friendly conversations and like, hey, how's, so how's the it's market It's like how, you know, we are with Matt Brown, with Jamie, with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're our friends. But they're we, our friends, but we, we, we pick them right. We see them more often yeah. versus like through email. I think through email yeah. kind of seems like more of a professional yeah. uh, relationship in that sense or something like that. Yeah. Like, or I don't know, it's, it's, it's different than yeah. actually being in person and seeing each other on a weekly basis. It is very different. It is very different. And that's how this was. You know, with Union Horse, we just, it took a good year to get, their legs you know that horse's legs up underneath it and then you know start trotting and then we were coming into full you know run you know and it was and it was good a nice stride thank you and and i know that they're going to continue the yeah they they're going to they're going to continue to do well in this market they're going to continue to do well in the midwest and they're going to continue to do you know well within their growth now with castle and keen the background as you mentioned yeah conversations you know we're having but they were friendly as you mentioned and it was just a matter of time because i knew within myself if they came calling i was going to say yes right right because i had that already had that equity Mm -hmm. um emotional equity i already had bought in yeah 
It was just a matter of having that opportunity to do right by and, and show it. Obviously, gather trust within each other. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You know, and as as I did with you, you know, they the Garcias. Shout out to them and everyone. They they really did. They gave me, you know, they gave me the reins. No pun intended. You know, it was like, well, maybe pun intended, but you know, hey, go, mm-hmm. just go. Yeah, more my relationship you know. with my boss is more like if the Bulls saw someone playing street ball in the park one day, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come try out for the team? <laughs> Who are you? What are you?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And with Castle and Key, you know, shout out to John and Will and, and shout out to the first place and, Bulls. Um, first place Bulls. Fucking name, Bubba. Fire Nagy. Fire Nagy. Yeah, I would say I would agree with that. But no. Um, yeah, it, we should it's, all keep our jobs for the rest of our lives. It's and that's the thing. It was and that that's a very good point because it's like this is a place where I'm going to learn. So this is on a different scale, and that's another thing that really I've been wanting to do. I, I this is to me in baseball terms the show. Right, you're in the birthplace. You know, I am. You're, I'm in the you're birthplace. In, you're now. in Kentucky now. Yeah, I'm in Kentucky now. Now, now not you the got, birthplace, but you know. But yeah. The, the perfected place. The perfected place. Where it became perfected. Where 90% of bourbon comes from, you yeah. know. All right. Now I'm in that game. Now I, mean, I'm in I guess you're Brett yelling at the mic. At the, the <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Maryland was the first one to the West Coast. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Shout out to Double B. Shout out to uh, Jessica Sagamore Rep here in Chicago. You know, it's, yeah, it, it's just something that it's, yeah, it's been always... In my mind, it's always been possible part of my future, and and it just and it, and it happened. Right, and it happened this year, and a lot of great things have happened this year. So it's just, hey, why not? Yeah, you know? no, I'm I'm glad it finally did. And yeah. was was the f- idea to always do the release of Rye before Bourbon? Well, as we as you as we both know, um, Rye obviously matures faster than Bourbon. Um, mm-hmm. The rye they felt that releasing it in batches as they started to, um, you can get away with releasing younger whiskey. Yep. Because you're blending so many different. I mean, you're blending so many barrels that it's bound to. You're 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 bound to come across a nice blend that's like right. this is great for three. Maybe which three they do with Pinhook. Which they do with pin for Pinhook. Yeah, with you know Sean. And but Sean heads up that too. You know, right, right, yeah. Both say it's the the two year old too. Correct. Yeah. yeah, when when Sean released his first rye, was a two year old. So yeah, so you know that was the the bourbon they purposely want to wait for five years. You know, um, just the makeup of it, and then. The, the body that it's taking on and it's just like yeah it's it's deserving of its time um and we all know what young bourbon tastes like you know it's not as enjoyable as a young rye mm. um so why not give it that time so yeah bourbon will will be coming out shortly and and early 2022 and then there's some wonderful things to follow within the year um within that very same year to, you know as well so it's been to be part of it now is still kind of, it didn't really hit me until this morning when I was leaving and mm. I, you know, they branded me up and all that. And I'm like mm. looking down I'm mm. like, shit, you know, mm. I'm like, this is real, you know? And it's, it's just a different scale of operation, different scale of responsibility. I mean, same responsibilities, but much more to cover, much more to do, you know? Yeah. Many do you still see leave. it like, uh, the craft side of things? I do. I still treat it that way. Um, because, and the reason why I asked that is because I feel like 
a lot of us, our friends, the people you hear on this podcast who are market yeah. managers, other than Callum, who's a corporate shill sellout uh, to Perno. <laughs> um, but no, Abelauer does operate in this way, too. We don't want to work for the behemoths. Not no. that we say no if they came calling. I think we'd always listen to a conversation. Sure. But it's never our intent to go to a distillery that's had their voice for a hundred, two hundred yeah. years, what even fifty years. Sure. Put it in that context. Yeah. And then spread it out there. Whereas this is the gospel according to us, yeah. to the founder who I talk to on a daily basis. If I am lucky enough to be in the market where the whiskey is made, yeah. their office is right across from my office or right across from my desk. Yeah. There's certain relationship there that's garnered matured upon and then be able to be out there and be the outlet for that story to be the voice mm-hmm. and truly represent something new where you can have an impact on a brand being built is yeah. a special moment. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I'm, you know, when I mentioned the entrepreneurial spirit that's on that complex is there. Um, it's, it's, and I'm not saying entrepreneurial where it's like, oh, this is business, business, business. Well, yeah, it's a business for sure. Yeah. But the everyday, as each of us carry out our everyday set of responsibilities and, and, and expectations. Podcasting. <laughs> it's it's not to the degree where it's, a, it, it, I still treat it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a craft because it's again it's not even five years old mm-hmm. so there's really the only history there is is the history that that was there before we even took those walls it. right so now we are building on that history now what's cool is that we are pulling from that history some inspiration and then hoping to at, at one point not separate ourselves but to complement that mm. previous history and that's what i really love about what they're doing um is that in that in that whole challenging uh the tradition and then you know in person and and this they're doing it with, with such convention that is just in conviction that's just ridiculous it's like wow they've grown so fast in the short five years that they've been that they've been around that i personally kind of like kind of step back and hold my pearls because I was just like, whoa, (laughs) it's like, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a monster. You know, it's going to be a, this is going to be huge. What would you say in the, is the biggest demonstration of them challenging, um, convention? Uh, I think it's the culture. Um, we can look at it from two ways. You can look at it from the product perspective, and then we can look at it from the people perspective. And they've brought in people that were part of that larger, call it you know, corporate scene, you know, the RNDCs, mm. the distributorships, you know, maybe larger brands, you know, um, which is great because those people bring over a skill set that's just right. undeniable. Absolutely. You know? So, and then to bring it, bring them over and then have that scale sit, you know, and tailor it to what we're trying to accomplish these very early years, you know, it's, is, is amazing from a product perspective. I think I feel our mash bills are challenging. Um, yeah, I think we've, I feel we use the most malt 
It's a heavy malt, yeah. It's a very Go ahead heavy and malt. Give the uh, yeah the uh, rye the restoration. is a sixty three percent rye, seventeen percent corn, and twenty percent malted barley. I mean, that's a lot of malt. You know, that's rye. Period. Right. We don't derange from that. You know, um, and the multi qualities are definitely in and there. it's right there. It's really there, especially in the spice that kind of comes up towards the back end. Mm-hmm. If you smell the glass after you drink it, it's just a hard root beer candy. Yeah, it's it is true. Yeah, very well said. It's and it's twenty percent corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. corn. No, seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen corn. corn. Yes, yes, that three percent really threw me off. Yeah, uh, but it has like it does have a caramel toffiness to it. Yeah. It's on there. And this this particular batch, batch number two of the Restoration Rye, is a ninety nine proof. Hmm. Yeah. Was and there a certain three reason? Three and a half years old. Oh, they chose the 99 proof? I feel that's um, based on how they go about Gretzky choosing. Whiskey, the great um, one. It's more just this is where they felt it tasted best at. Yeah, What's cast strength? Cast strength it could be anywhere between uh, one... Uh, can't read this right wilson's reading things yeah i'm trying to english is hard for him it is hard numbers so (laughs) oh could be anywhere from 100 to 118 almost 20 Hmm. so it's just a matter of the batch if it if it tastes great at that great if it doesn't then we'll keep going down or so your barrel's going down from 110 to 100 no well the specific single barrel that i have is at 111 um, so up but the ba- it goes up a little bit. Yeah, it goes up. But again, this is, it's only at three to three and a half years old. You know, based on what their storing, storage um, practices are and everything, these barrels can get much hotter. Hmm. You know, uh, they've got two warehouses, warehouse E and B. B is the longest... <laughs> Uh, Rick House in the country. Um, it's it's that's right. Yeah, it's made out of wood and brick, and it's like I think four stories. It houses fifty thousand barrels, um, and it's already full. It's ca- they call it the man eater because it's you, there's only one way in and out, and you see at the furthest end is I think it's uh, three or four football fields long. Do you have barrels in there? Yeah, all of our barrels are in there. All the barrels. All the barrels. And then there's Warehouse E, which is... So you guys have 50,000 barrels already? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But you do? Yeah. You have 50,000 barrels in there. There's 50,000 barrels in that facility, I should say. With with whiskey inside? With whiskey. Yeah. I don't know how many of those... I was simply joking. I I had no no idea. I I didn't know how many... I don't know how many of those are ours, but a good majority of ours are the... Oh, that's right, because you do store for other brands. Because we do store for other brands, correct. But still, those brands aren't big enough to be... No, no, they're probably on the same keel as we. I mean, right, keel right. as we are, but you know, I I can't speak to that because I really don't know. But you know, for sake of conversation, sure. Jesus Christ, let's go steal it. Yeah, and then warehouse E, which is this, it looks like a bomb shelter because um, it's just concrete and originally concrete and steel. But then during one of the change of ownerships, it was uh, this holding company that just basically went into old. You know, took old, uh, call it estates or whatever, and companies, and just would strip it of its, of its, uh, I call it steel and whatever that they can use in homes for decor and so on, like beams and so on and so forth. Well, because Warehouse E was 
concrete and steel, they stripped it of the steel for this, obviously, to recycle the steel right, and right. all that. So one of the things Will had to do immediately when upon coming into, you know, resurrecting Castle and Key, well, resurrecting the, the premises to become Castle and Key was to re-rick that warehouse with wood. Wow. Which took a while and obviously took a lot of money. Um, but now it's... It's concrete and wood, and it, I believe, if I remember correctly, it holds, I want to say, forty to 50,000 barrels. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's almost full as well. So, really? Yeah. I, they've got a lot of barrels. Sit How do they lot. lay down that much in a small amount of time? Well, obviously, yes, there's other barrels. There's from- other barrels that were sourced, and they, you know, obviously they contract store and they contract distill. So, you know, there's a not as as, as I said, you know, there's. I mean, there's, yeah, you're still doing not that, all of it is, but ours. you're still only operating on two stills, right? But we're only operating on two stills, correct? We have a 36 foot, a th- I'm sorry, 36 inch and a 24 inch still co- uh, column still by Vendome. Well, you know, can't wait to see it someday. Yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing. Like I said, marriage of old and new and technology. It's really cool the way it looks. And to be able to, like, work with it and see it function is, huh. is pretty fucking cool. Sounds like it. Yeah. So w- with the Rye, um, yeah. that just released to how many markets? Mm. We're working right now, I believe, in 10. Okay. Uh, I may be wrong. Again, I've... Taking mostly the backyard approach? Pretty much. Um, and then your major for markets? Sure, Kentucky and Tennessee were the first two ten, uh, the first two markets that uh, Castle and Key launched. Solid in. all over Nashville, baby. Yeah. And then um, then came, I want to say, Georgia, uh, New York. Hmm. Um, Texas, right? I feel like I saw it. Texas. Yes, Texas. Yeah. And then Illinois now. Oh, Indiana. Sorry, Indiana. Mm, that great state. And then uh, Illinois now. Fuck the Hoosiers. Colorado. Um, soon Wisconsin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, some, some fighting words up there Florida, for Dancing Goat yeah, and Jay Florida's Henry. coming. You know, I mean, it's, they're very, very intentional and very purposeful in how they open markets. Um it's been an com- ongoing conversation between us for five years. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's how to and where and when. Um, so, you know, I just, John can speak more to that. I, you know, I'm, this is just what I've learned while there no, over the week. It so was I may be miscommunicating some information there. So No, it's fine. I, I, I only, it, one reason why I bring it up too, I was in Nashville and we were doing our, uh, our technical mm. launch for Star Wars in the state of the great state of Tennessee. Great state of Tennessee. Great state of Tennessee. Love that place. I think I moved down there pr- pretty quickly, to be honest with you. But um, I was would. walking through Iroquois Liquor, great liquor store in Nashville area. Check it out if you're ever there. And there was a guy from Chicago happened to be walking through the liquor section. And the buyer was in a meeting. I was waiting to meet with the buyer. And guy from behind the desk was a little busy as well. And I just hear him say, like, I just want to get some whiskey that I can't find in yeah. Chicago. Right. And I'm like... Well, you need to get this bottle right here. And he's like, I don't, I haven't heard anything about it. I'm like, oh, it's Restoration Rye from Castle and Key. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, I've heard of Castle and Key. Now, I'm pretty sure you were launched in Chicago at the time, but just yeah. pre you leaving uh, <laughs> Union Horse to Chicago. And the guy's like, is it ten? It's not Tennessee whiskey. I'm like, no, it's Kentucky, um, at the old Taylor Distillery. He's like, oh, I want something that's that's uh, 
Tennessee made. I'm like, oh, I totally understand that. I'm like, gotcha. well, here's some other things, but like, yeah. you know what? For thirty eight ninety nine, you can't beat that price right there. Yeah. I have no idea what it's selling for in Chicago once it gets there. I'm like, I know it's coming there. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. But uh, you should definitely get that. But he ended up buying, I think, uh, um, uh, Nashville Bourbon Barrel Project bottle, and then another local that was released that day, and then took home the restoration ride too. Oh, so I will um, be chalk waiting for up. my paycheck. Yeah, but chalk it up. Yeah, it was. It was. It was I was. I, I hadn't seen it on the shelf though at that point. Until that point. Yeah. Um, and I was. I was. I felt like a proud parent in a way. And not, not not knowing you were even actually talking to them about yeah. doing a full time job. Yeah, that's it's um. There's, you know, because of neat, yeah. um, and then obviously their their own history that they they began, um, you know, on those very on that on those grounds, there was a lot of hype, a lot of excitement for this brand. Yeah, and I feel that. You that's know. a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, sitting down with Will, it's just you know John, yeah. and be like, "All right, where neat? Yeah, take us from there. Take us from there because there's just so much that had happened yeah. and had to happen. Yeah, you know that is because I mean Marion's presence on there was very magnetic. Yeah, and it, it was you know they the Russells were on there, sure. other people from the Kentucky area and the whiskey world Kentucky were in there, world, bourbon yeah, world were bourbon on there. World, yes, but nothing. Other than Freddie and Marianne, yeah. the gravitas that came with those two stories, yeah. it pulls you right into like if you weren't a bourbon drinker, yeah, like you, you went out and got something. You got you went out and at least got a bottle of yeah. Jim Beam at White least, Label, yeah, at like, least something, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, Steve Zahn was sexy in that film, but <laughs> how they got him to do that, I have no idea. I still, I still can't figure that part out. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a fascinating to see the influence that that yeah. documentary had across the world and the whiskey. I think it was mostly in the whiskey world. Yeah, um, people were asking once in a while, like, "Hey, have you ever seen this film called Neat?" I'm like. Dude, I was I was the original free advertisement for that <laughs> film in Chicago. I was telling everybody about that. Yeah, that was. I tell you, watching that was just that's that's the springboard to a lot of things. And, it's inspiring. Yeah, very much so. And um, now to be a part of it, to be part of the story, because that's how I I look at it. It's not so much. It's a job. Not well, of course, it's a job. Right. But it's an opportunity to be part of a story, you know, and it's a, an opportunity to be part of a resurrection of what history well a revival of what this place was back in 1887 mm. and how it's mirrored through as i mentioned the billion dollar expenditure that a lot of these distillers are are going through to become what this was one one time mm -hmm. um and to be and we naturally are on a very small scale mm -hmm. uh for less money <laughs> and um I just feel our 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 hype is steady, and it's just going to get stronger and bigger um, as 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 we continue to really just yeah. can challenge ourselves to to put out the best that we can each ever in every you know batch that we have. Mm -hmm. um, price point wise, I think it's. I mean, the restoration rye sells for forty dollars. Yeah, I'm. I, mean, it, I just want to talk about that the f taste of it because yeah. so I've had it one time before this. Um, I don't remember where. Might have been Tennessee actually. I've actually been trying to hold off mm. on having this until before I even I knew you're going to actually work for them yeah. with you. Um, obviously, I think we've shared why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's fucking delicious. I mean, yeah. there's just 
the malt aspect of those grains comes out. The mm. the corn, the sweetness, the toffee flavors. There's just like a little bit of hint of maple in there. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, it's like a root beer candy on the nose after the glass is finished. And it was getting a lot of. I was getting some dark anise flavor to it. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of notes that I pick up on and enjoy so much when it comes to licorice anise. Um, all that sweetness goes wrong with it. But for a rye, you could pour that into a glass and someone would easily confuse it for a bourbon. I was just going to say, it's so bourbon-esque. Yeah. Um, and mind you, there's a shit ton of rye in it. You know, and like, I also know how much you guys paying for that branding, too. Yeah. So I don't know how it's $40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, I, I you know just like Colonel Taylor did in the back, you know, mm. past, you know, he spared no expense. He wanted first class, you know, details yeah. and everything. And it's like, this is my first, this is my first impressions um i agree these you bottles, should it should be yeah we own the mold so no one can make these can uh there will be no other brand that can be able to, to use this this bottle mold what or bottle is shape. the bottle can the, i say yeah. what it reminds me of first yeah sure it reminds me of a bird cage okay and that's not a negative thing but also no. it also reminds me of an old school decanter okay that you'd see on a liquor like on someone's bar <laughs> cart in 1950s <laughs> Yeah, I would uh, agree with the latter because no, it's a birdcage. Yeah, it's a birdcage. But it does. I can see how a birdcage is, and it just the bottle reminds me of the Roaring Twenties. There's yeah, Great Gatsby era. Definitely. You know, um, just very. Um, it's a little bit Art Deco. Yeah, Art Deco. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and it's just very minimal jewelry on it, but effective. Um, very heavy bottom glass. Just a heavy glass. Period. No, yeah, you know, which just, I love. Yeah. I I hate picking up a bottle and that. It, yeah, it's not hefty. You feel like mm, it's like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Total Wine right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> whatever you guys do for your whiskeys that you guys have uh, made elsewhere in the country with your glass, um, we'll, we'll dismiss your branding for right now. But mm-hmm. your your bottles, they they feel like I can throw it against the wall at the hundred miles per hour, and maybe even kill a bird like Randy yeah. Johnson. The <laughs> blow up a bird i don't know i'm not familiar with the inspiration yet of the bottle but if i were to guess it is has to do with the spring Mm -hmm. that is on the premise um which is the very spring that we pull water from to make our whiskey Mm. um colonel taylor um without getting into too much detail that but like where the spring was located he had it you know enclosed not enclosed but covered and then he had uh, a wall built, you know, kind of expanded it and had uh, an enclosure built into a form of a keyhole uh, because he felt that that water, that key, mm. that, that limestone water from Kentucky was the key to making In the lake. In the lake as well. No. Um, <laughs> so. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> so instead of birdcage, now that you tell that story, fountain. A fountain. Yeah, how it cascades. You yeah, know? yeah, how it springs up and cascades. Yeah, uh, to me, it it reminds me of that very roof that is over the the the, the uh, keyhole. Oh, um, on the premise, um, heavy topper, synthetic cord, you know, lovely necktie, you know. Yeah, the necktie is. Yeah. yeah. Well, everything's first class about it, but yeah, it's, um, it's just just really the cool. topper of how heavy it is. Yeah, it feels like it's a piece of manufacturing. Like something, like yeah, something you find on the ground at a manu- mm-hmm. at a at a plant. Like, True, like some little knob here. Yeah. Like just it has the essence of old world American manufacturing. Yeah, it really does. That's but a then you wrapped it, or but then you wrap it around this beautiful modern uh, yeah. branding. It's just yeah, 
yeah, that's that's yeah. I don't know everything yet. I'm still learning, um, but I'm I'm excited to be learning about it. Um, and it's something that I'll continue to um, obviously when I find my own voice in the story, mm. you know, that I'll be able to share some way somehow. But right now, it's just a beautiful fucking bottle. <laughs> it is. No, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful product. Um, I'm glad that it. The hype has lived up to it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of people are talking about, oh, you know, yeah, Castle and Key, Castle and Key. Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, it's it's great, but wait, this is just going to get better. Hmm. You know, um, I feel next year is going to be really telling to where our talents lie and and where this whiskey is headed. Um, I'm very confident about that. Yeah, I'll be the first to shout it out right now if I can. If, if John and Griff and the rest of the team hasn't already, but I know that next year's sure going to be next year's going to be really telling. Twenty two is going to be springboard. It's the fifth full year, and well, we can talk about it anytime you want to. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Not so much, but not know, so much, but we'll talk about it here and there. We we tend to hype up our brands every once in a while. <laughs> we, <do. laughs> we just did a full live tasting with two of our brands. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't planned, uh, not at all. <laughs> Gets this, it's the uh, the privilege of running a whiskey podcast when you work it's for true. a whiskey distillery. Yeah, it's just to be able to share it and whatnot. No, yeah. but it's definitely been a long time coming with this brand. Yeah, I'm happy that they chose you. That you found a home there. Thank you. It's 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 a match made for sure. Thank you. They um they deserve you. Union Horse will feel that loss. I'm sure they'll find their way though. Yeah, they will. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll definitely be fine. <laughs> so, but um, for now, it's uh, it's a great way to go into the holiday. Yeah, it's a beautiful way to go into holiday. You have a you have a new home. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're all actually growing a little new home here. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Ian Stewart. Congratulations yeah. to your baby, Ian Stewart of the bo- of the beer cellar in Geneva and in Glen Ellen. Check out and, both and in Glen Ellen. Yes, just, uh, Ian just had just, a son. Just had his first son, yeah. which we want to you a shout out to Jack Richard. Jack Richard is his name. Shout yeah. out to little Jack. I said, um, your your daughter looks lovely. <laughs> he said actually it's a he actually actually he responded back with his name it's, is Jack it's not Jackie it's Jack yeah I thought he was having a daughter this entire time I My, really thought so too I swear he told me he's yeah, having a daughter I thought they were having a baby girl I'm not a terrible so. friend I'm not a great friend but I'm not a terrible friend um, uh, we also have a new producer of the podcast yeah little Lola Ray little Welcome. Lola Ray yeah, the baby husky baby husky she's yeah. rampaging upstairs I can Welcome. hear her squeaking on some toy up there yeah, welcome uh, to we, her. Uh, we are growing. Obviously, you just got married. Yeah, shit. Two months. It'll be three months, like December be Two months. Two months, sorry. <laughs> math. I'm that excited. Math. Sorry, math is hard. We aren't here to do math, folks. We're no, here to talk math. about whiskey. I'm excited. I want it to be a year already. Yeah, you know, it, uh, <laughs> Callum is... Callum. Callum is Callum. <laughs> and uh, Jamie's getting Callum married thing? in May. Who's getting married? Jamie. Oh, that's right. Jamie You're and invited, Tom are getting, Yeah, yeah. We got the I think we're going date. to. I think we actually were supposed to procure some beers and other yes, things for that wedding. For that wedding. Bob, you're also is you're also in charge yeah. of that too, just in case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. I guess you're driving with me. Yeah, that's right. May. Shit, that's gonna come. So yeah, break. it's been uh um not that we're closing the year out or anything, but no. we uh this will be released on we're recording on Tuesday before yeah. Thanksgiving. We'll release it tomorrow on that Wednesday, and hopefully while you're digesting and surviving a little turkey and too yeah. much uh, too much too many carbs too you many. can listen to this 
good old here podcast. Yeah. Sorry, folks, if I didn't really get into too much. I'm still really absorbing it. You got into it um, plenty. I just, this is something that uh, means the world to me, and it's something that um, I'm giving its deserved time to absorb and to learn and to mm-hmm. find my voice within the very story that is to be told of them and it and the bars, I should say now. And so if there's if you guys have any questions or anything, you know, you know where to find us, you know, yep. just shoot us a message. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. Three, one, two made baby. Three, one, two made on Instagram at Keenan Lake on Instagram, Jay cookie on Instagram, you know, uh, shout out to Sheila. Don't, um, don't personally DM me. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Sheila. She's been an amazing support and, um, in this, uh, journey. Um, I think she's she's outmatched me in uh, in the exciting excited part about it all, but she's she's really enjoyed her time. So shout out to her, love you, love. Well, yeah. it'll, and it'll be a dream come true to go down there, record a podcast uh, at, Ke- at, at Castle Ke- and Key, at Castle and Key with yeah. Key in the Lake, with Key in the Lake, <laughs> Castle and Key in the Lake. There you go. That's I feel like they might have deal. stole their branding from the me. The Castle and the Key in the Lake. Beautiful. Well, Wilson, I'm more than happy for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, brother. Absolutely thrilled for you. Thank uh, you so thrilled much. for the brand too. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm thrilled for them too because they they are really hungry. They really want to do things, and you know, and I'm just excited for them. You know, I know I'm a part of it all, but I'm still excited for them. Are they hiring? Uh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> guys, thanks a lot. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Please uh, give your loved ones a big hug. Um, yes. Give them a kiss. Happy Share a dream, and make sure you have a great holiday weekend. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers.